Hi, Dad. 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 Hi,
two seasons of it. Is this the people that like do the interviews? Yes. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's my GoPro. Uh, I watched that. It's fucking awful and really horrible and sad and terrible. And I was like, oh. Are they all really honest? Some of them. I was like, like, they all did what they were said they did. They all did what they were in in, in prison, prison for. Prison for? That's the thing. But it's just some of them I was like, oh, you should not be in prison. You should be in a home getting looked after. Like a mental institution? Yeah, like, or like there should have been some leniency given to you for the the life that you had that led you to what's happened to you. Because like, fuck, there's the one guy on it and the entire time I had to stop it at one point because I was like, I can't listen to this. Because he was just telling what happened to him in such a kind of normal kind of story way but it was the most horrific thing I've ever heard in my life what happened to him when he was six years old and I was like what the fuck is what his parents terrible human beings his family were awful people he was just abused from the day he was born physically sexually emotionally and then he killed someone and then he was put on death row and then this amazing lawyer was like what has happened to him that has to be taken into account because he has been destroyed as a human being. He has no concept of what is right and wrong because of how he grew up. So she got him off death row. But he's got to spend his life he in prison. He spends his life in prison, but he said he's happy in prison and he doesn't want to leave prison. He said this is the only kind of peace that he's known. He's never known peace before this. Okay. And he has like a little cat in prison. He a cat in prison? Yeah. Can you get pets in prison? They have like a, they have like a cat, a prison cat that was they found outside and the wardens let, let them keep it. His name is Duff. But yeah, it's called I'm a Killer. It's very hard to watch. Just be careful when you're going to watch it because they don't really warn for a lot of the shit, but there's a lot of stuff in it that I was like... Especially women killers. Women that kill. Fucking fascinated by that. It's very unusual. It's just, yeah, because they were saying like 8,000 people a year are uh, sentenced for murder in America, in the United States, and only less than 10% of that is women. And a lot of those cases are self-defense against Yeah. But yeah, there's some of them when you watch it though, you're like, are they lying? Is she lying? Oh really? Is she lying? Yeah. I'll give you the... the like a Catcher Nevin? Yeah, like the second episode of the first, second season. You should watch it because the whole time I was like, is she lying? I finished The Night Stalker. Oh, you did? What did you think? Yeah, I thought it was very, very, very good. And I seen the woman with the red love heart glasses. I oh, a lot her. of people on the... I uh, actually won't get... We'll get into that when we do housekeeping. Okay. Um... But yeah, I really enjoyed it. And then I started to watch The Queen's Gambit. Oh yeah, Colin and Craig, love that. Um, and I just was like, oh, I'll just put this on. And then like the first episode in, I was like, this is great. It's really good, yeah. It's really good. Like, I didn't she's it so good. She's so pretty as well. She's stunning. I just keep looking at her like, look at yeah. you like a little doll. She's she gorgeous. A doll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A doll. I love that wig. I didn't know it was a wig until afterwards. I was like, yeah, she's That's got a long blonde hair. great wig. Yeah. It's an awesome wig. Um, She's beautiful. She's beautiful. I really, really enjoyed it. Well, the first episode, that's yeah, like yeah, kind yeah. of all I've gotten a chance to do. Um, I thought I had COVID <sighs> this week. She doesn't, we're okay. I've been tested twice. She we're safe. <laughs> She's getting tested again and tomorrow. I'm getting tested again tomorrow because I'm so paranoid. Um, I have a head cold and you can probably all sound like... Yeah, you can tell you're bunged up. Like, I sound awful. It's in, in work, people keep going, like when I'm on any of the calls, people <laughs> keep sending me. me instant messages going, are you okay? Like, because they just want to know if I'm in the office. Um, so that I'm not making everybody else sick. Oh. Um, and also because, like, being the, like, manager, like, I thought it was important, especially on Monday when I started to feel unwell in work. I was like, I can't, even though, like, I, it's very difficult for me to do my job from home. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I was like, I have to need... This sounds so poncy, but I have to lead by example and be like, or I have to get up and leave. I can't be going to <coughs> yeah, yeah. stay here until we get a test and the test comes back negative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
so anyway I left and then I have I actually haven't been back in the office but my test came back on Tuesday hooray as negative that's not Negatory. true my test came back on Wednesday is negative you got it on Tuesday and I got it on Tuesday and my test came back this morning after yesterday's test as negative and I'm due on my schedule to get tested tomorrow hooray so we're safe I was very paranoid but it is that thing like I felt immediately guilty no you've nothing to Sarah the, like as I say to people this is <laughs> eventually probably all gonna fucking have it like at this point it's rampant like mm-hmm. it's rampant like I'm kind of going I'm not seeing anybody I'm being safe and then I'm like but I'm touching shit touching stuff am I remembering to sanitise my hands every single time I don't know I can't remember no like I carry hand sanitizer with me and there's hand sanitizer in work and I always make sure I'm leaving and entering somewhere I use hand sanitizer but at the same time that one time that you don't yeah that's the thing like it's fucking rampant man like and there was this one guy I work with who thinks he got it from touching the button on the like national toll yeah. on the road like it wouldn't <clears> surprise <throat> me at this point it wouldn't surprise me no. either. And then I know somebody else <clears throat> that has it and she's been isolating for four months and the doctor Oof. was like, I just can't. She was like, I just can't figure out Where how got I got this. She was like, I haven't seen a solitary soul for four months. I haven't been in anyone's presence and no one comes into my house. She literally could have just <clears> touched <throat> like a fucking trolley or something. And the doctor shit. was like, you've, you've, like, have you gone shopping? And she was like, yeah. And he was like, it's as simple as that. You could that's have touched it. a trolley. Like, that's the thing. And I think, you know when you think you're like, I'm being safe. I'm being safe. And then you're like, oh my God, I went outside today so I could actually get this. Yeah. Uh, People are so uh, lost. Lost. I went down to the Phoenix Park today for a walk. Like, we're just like zombies. And there was, honest to God, hundreds of people. Really? Around the Furry Glen in the Phoenix Park. Just not knowing what else to do. Dogs were having the best time. Just so many dogs. That's the thing. Dogs everywhere. Thing and then people in Chapel Lizard Village just like standing around getting coffee. <laughs> like <laughs> we don't know what else to do. Like we honestly don't know what else to do. And I know it's all very well and good for people to be like, just stay in your houses. Unfortunately, <clears throat> that's not like our brains can't no. do that a lot. Like it's, I just, oh, I don't know. Just fucking just wash your hands do you want to hear the new uh, conspiracy theory from QAnon tell me uh, so tell me. Um, the new conspiracy theory is that face off's a thing mm-hmm. John Travolta and Nicolas yeah. Cage yeah. face off okay. face off's a real thing <laughs> FYI one of my dad uh, dad's all time favourite movies um, a gem of a film and how I would know that my dad is my dad if he didn't look like himself is this one thing he does to irritate the shit out of me which is what he's done it like ever since that movie came out he does the f- so um, in that movie John Travolta has this like uh, special thing that he does with his son oh I remember this yes yes and yes, he yes, like yes. Pull, he rubs his hands over his face like this <laughs> So he goes like this really gently. My dad does it and catches my bottom lip and pulls it. <laughs> so that's how you're going to know if yeah, your dad has face, ever taken over. Yeah, face off has ever happened. But anyway, they think that Biden is Trump. Great. They think that Biden... Trump has face... Faced off with faced him. Faced off with okay. him. And they think the reason that he couldn't go to the inauguration is because... He was he, already there. He was already there. They think face. the reason that they weren't pardoned oh at God. this uh, after storming the Capitol is because he has to save face being Biden. And oh um God. It's so messed up. Yeah, no, it's a whole thing. And they genuinely like I mean when I like when I say like they think This is actually they think this, this is, is actual science. Oh my god. Um and that's this is the thing it's a fucking sad state of affairs like it's it'd be funny if it wasn't so fucked up because they're dangerous yeah dangerous 
Like dangerous. they're actually dangerous. Yeah. It'd be funny if it was just a bunch of nut jobs on the side of the internet and was like, haha, they're not going to do anything. These motherfuckers are dangerous. And they have access to guns they and have, weapons yeah. and they are nine times out of ten and I'm sure that a lot of people are going to hear this and be like, no. And like that I'm awful. Nine times out of ten are in the military yeah, of course or they are. police officers of course they are. or in some form of like role of authority. Yeah. So they, and they, um, they know how to do this shit. Yeah, they know how They've to be strategic. Trained. Like a lot of people that stormed the capital were really yeah. organised were part of like the police force yeah. had radio connectivity yep. were fully organised um, and then they believe face off which by the way <laughs> FYI if you ever get a chance to watch it watch it don't think just, just watch, watch it. it shut your brain off great movie the scene where like um, Nicolas Cage takes his like <laughs> thing off and he's smoking and it's just like <laughs> it's like honestly oh my god I remember I went to that on video when I was living at home I was like I'll rent, I'll rent face off what a classic. Jesus Christ. Classic 90s movie. Oh, Jesus. This is, this is the beginning. This is the beginning. R- Rona. Um, Rona. Other than that, I've no other news. Neither do I. Nothing has happened. Um, uh, housekeeping. Housekeeping. Yeah. Um, no, I have no other housekeeping. Thanks to everybody on Instagram. Anybody's continuing to buy our merch. Thank you very, very much. Is there people still buying our merch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much money do you owe me? I owe you nothing. What? We currently have 15 euro to spend. (laughs) Hey, listen. So it's like five euro each. It's 15 euro more than we had a minute ago. Um, Um, It's still in Teespring things. I'll do that. But yeah, thank you to everybody who is like buying our things. We appreciate it. I know you're amazing people. Don't know. Yes, our very good. Dreadful taste. Very good. No, our merch is cute. No, I'm saying dreadful taste in podcasts. Oh yeah, no, that's true. (laughs) Like... That's absolutely true. Um, oh, I actually had one thing that I wanted to talk about, which I thought was really cool. Well, really cool, cool, but also very, very fucking terrible and awful. Um, Ireland, the Irish courts um, convicted a man last week for the first time. Oh, yeah. Under course of control. Yep. He got 10 and, well, 12, 12 and a half years and two years were suspended. suspended. So um, I just wanted to say that that's fucking fantastic because yeah. that had never, it didn't, I didn't realise that was a first ever um First ever case of it, actually going to court and being convicted. Yeah, fucking scumbag. Um, you, they put his picture in the newspaper. Yeah, no, he's up. Daniel, Kane. I shared it on Twitter. Daniel Kane, he's fifty-two. That woman is so incredibly strong. Oh my god, and amazing. I love her. The things he did to her. Holy mother of god! Like, and then kept trying to do it while he was in jail. Yeah, fucking bastard. But then I read this today that there are at least fifty more coercive control cases under investigation with the DPP for consideration. That's awesome. So they started it going. So fair play, whoever. I'm not too sure who was the solicitor that pushed this but just fair play to whoever it was and I hope he rots in jail hope he rots in jail just awful that poor lady I hope she's I hope she's getting the help she needs because he basically fucking destroyed her like she's gonna have to build herself back up but she will here someone asked on the Facebook for uh, like some form of merch that says I see you you turtle looking bitch I don't know what that's from or when we said it I see oh it was about Ivanka Trump (laughs) We said she looked like that turtle from um, Robin Hood. Robin Hood. <laughs> That's okay. exactly what that is. I thought that was something Colin said. I was like, what did he say now? Was yeah, I was like, what? I don't. But anyway, <laughs> they would like um, some merchandise that says that. Um, <laughs> so I can't tell it. the next story that I'm going to tell because it's, it's like genuinely an awful. Who's it about? It's about someone that I watched uh, take a poo and some have a poo in someone's garden and didn't wipe their arse. I just got up and like. Ah no! Didn't wipe their arse. Didn't wipe their arse. Not Didn't even, wipe not with a leaf. And then I had to like have a conversation with them. Like you have, uh, you have shit. 
stuck to your arsehole like, right now. I was like, um, like even if it's like a one that just goes poop and there's nothing, I still wipe. I, like, do you always know what you're wipe. There was options, Emma. There was options, right? What was he so, shiting in the garden? He said he was caught off guard. I had a look at the poo because it was filmed. Well, it's not caught off guard. No, fully solid. So um, it wasn't like a runny pit, wasn't no, it? No, oh, immediate. Jesus okay. Christ. Middle of the garden. What's he doing shiting in the garden? Middle of the driveway. Then he also was driving a vehicle. So I was like, why didn't you just get into the vehicle? And shit in the car. Or drive somewhere else. Like And shit somewhere else. He's shitting in a garden. I tell you what, it wasn't a woman. It was a man. Always a man. Always a man. Fucking shit and pissing place. People would shit in the fields where I'm from and they use dock and leaves to wipe their arses. What? Oh yeah, all the time. Why? Also, you know when you get stung by a nettle, dock and leaves relief relieve the sting of a nettle. Yeah. Yeah. But they used to use them to wipe their arseholes. Yeah, that's a really common thing. We yeah. use dock leaves. We call them dock leaves, what not docking. We call them, call them dock and leaves. Dock in. Dock in. Like D-O-C-K-A-N I think Dock Why? and leaves Because that's what they're called Oh we called them dock leaves Because <laughs> oh, they were, we were like They make you feel better Like a doctor So if you got stung by a nettle <laughs> Like So that's why we called them dock Jesus Christ I love Dublin Yeah <laughs> We're like Get stung by a nettle I remember I Get the doctor leaf <laughs> uh, Robert Gardner pushed me Into like a fucking Heap of fucking nettles at the Oh top. it sucks I rolled it down through sucks. them Anyway Had welts on my face and everything Is that a very Irish thing Nettles no, I don't know. I don't know. My grandmother used to make nettle stew during the war. Yeah, well, nettle stew is quite an English thing. I'm like, is it? well, I'm sure there's nettles in England, but I'm like, I've never heard anybody having like I've, have a, a nettle problem with nettles. Every Irish <laughs> Every person, person I've ever story. met is like, I sure fell in, fell in a, not, it's not like oh, I got stuck. It's like I fell into a, an entire swath of nettles, yeah. and my whole body was. But I've never heard anybody outside Ireland ever have a nettle story. I think it's because we're latchkey kids. Maybe that's what it is. I'm and there was no like fucking playground. Yeah, it's, and there's a lot of fields and, and shit. And you'd be like, here, yeah. do you want to go? We used to call, we used to go to dump. Oh my God, I know. Do you want to go up to dump? The fact that that was a thing that you, At I don't know how you have not died of tetanus. Uh, oh, I had loads of tetanus. I had loads of, um, it got to the point where they were like, Sarah, you don't need any more. Tetanus injections hurt like a motherfucker. Yeah, it has touched the bone. Jesus, that, I remember getting tetanus and I was like, fuck. Because um, I stood in a nail. I ripped open so there was a TV, a TV a TV in the dump oh jeez and me and Richie were up in the dump now given this two weeks before that Richie had stood on a rusty nail in Jesus the dump Christ. and I had to bring him down to my <laughs> mum and dad with the nail and the plank of wood in his foot oh god and then we had to bring him over to our Crumlin hospital he had to have the nail taken out we had to have a tetanus and he had like an anaesthetic in his foot oh. and then he couldn't walk in him so mum put him back in the buggy even though he was like seven um, <laughs> no he wasn't that old he was like 22 he's like five I think Classy. no he was six he was six I think I was about nine yeah and Anyway, so we had him in a buggy. So I used to bring him up to, like, whenever I was out playing, yeah. I'd be like, I'm bringing Richie with me. And I'd bring him out in a buggy. Um, so two weeks later, we're back up in the dump again. Dump is at the top of my mum and dad's road. And there's a telly. And for some reason, there's also a golf club. And you were like, I'm going to break this telly. And I was like, do you want to break up this telly? And he was like, yeah, that's a great idea. So he got out of the buggy. We're breaking up the telly. And inside the telly, there's like a mesh. Yeah. That's very, very thin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I pulled it with my hand. Oh, Sarah. And it like severed these two fingers. Oh, fuck. I went down to my mom. Honest to God, this is 100% true story. These are hanging off. These are hanging off. You could see the bone. It was so bad that like I hadn't bled. You know when the wound is like... Oh, trigger warning everybody. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, um, My mom got a kitchen towel. Not like tissue, but like a kitchen towel. Wrapped it around the top of my fingers. 
folded it over and then sellotaped it and then handed me a steak and kidney pie and was like there's your dinner we'll go to hospital after this I'm sick and tired of bringing this <laughs> I was like I'm gonna bleed to death like <laughs> a legend and then she said they're still hanging on so we don't have to go look for them oh my god and she like, I was like yeah I know but like this is well, my fingers like, are hanging on I was like I can't eat this dinner Oh my god, was it a steak and kidney pie from one of those tins? My favourite thing, me and my dad's favourite dinner. My dad used to eat those. A steak and well. kidney pie in the tin, beans, and my mum's chips, donut on the hob. Okay, that actually sounds fucking delicious. It's so good. <laughs> that sounds beautiful. Um, like my favourite, and my favourite thing is when she would burn it a little bit and the edges would go super crispy. You're still like that. You love a crisp. Yeah. You love anything that has a bite or yeah. a crisp. I like a hear. texture. You always like, I like, I always know when you're enjoying something because I can hear a crunching in your yeah. mouth. I'm like, she's loving that. I love a texture. I don't know why because I've got no fucking teeth to eat the texture. <laughs> Um, but yeah my mom like social services now were called my mom and dad because of me and Richie I remember once dad was building but why the fuck were they letting you to a dump when you were nine years old but it wasn't actually a dump we just called it the dump like it was just was it just for people through stuff it was just a green so where the house is now at the top of my mom's road it was just this like green area and had a great big electricity box like a like a uh, walled in one like a right, big right, 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 which yeah. serviced the whole road and it had up behind the electricity box it had like a hill and were people just dumping shit there yeah so people would dump rubbish there ah. but it wasn't like full of rubbish but it was like was unkempt yeah, yeah, yeah it wasn't yeah, yeah. like a green area it was just like this area of scrubland people still do that here yeah and honest. like we would go and play up the dump like we I'd bring my mask you remember mask yes yeah, yeah. I'd bring my mask vehicles up to the dump and we'd set up like a full mask town and then the whole road would play up there for the day and your mum would be like I have to bring you to the hospital again and then I'd come down and my mum would be like oh for fuck's sake Sarah and I'd be like Robert <laughs> Robert pushed me and I landed on a bottle and it went into my eye and she'd be Jesus like well listen I'm gonna, I'm gonna have the cigarette before we ask Alice and Freddie to bring us to the fucking hospital because we don't have care Disaster. yeah I remember that about we had social services were called very shortly after that because dad was building a shed out the back and he'd gotten all those like breeze blocks yeah and they were piled stopped stacked on top of each other but they were about like maybe like 10 to 13 foot high yeah they weren't cemented and no one was paying any attention to me and Richie and our back garden is also on a hill Sarah and Richie and me climbed them and when he got to the top he like let his legs hang and so he pulled and as he pulled the whole lock came down on top of him but he wasn't at the top he was like maybe two from the top so the whole he was covered and I got trapped my leg got trapped and I was just like screaming because I couldn't see him and then (laughs) oh my god we got him out and then I'd say your dad nearly died we had to go to the hospital because we weren't sure if he had like any internal injuries yeah of course yeah and then social services came and we're like can we have a word with your children because they're destroying themselves out here it was awful we were always in hospital every picture of me from the age of like three up until like 13 you have some sort of injury I have stitches fuck on my leg or on my head or on my arms you were just one of those kids though oh yeah I was in everything there was no it was no keep me clean yeah no we weren't I wasn't like that at all but Jesus Christ (laughs) yeah but they weren't even fucking looking after us. Like, let's be honest. But that's the thing. They were just like, oh, you go. But that was my mom was the same. Where you go out there and out, outside. Yeah. Get out. Yeah. That was the thing. Get out of the house. Yeah. Just get out of the house. Go on. They didn't care where you were. Even after that fight with Buckingham, my mom was, was like, get you're out. grounded. Because I called her a fat cunt. And then she was like, get about, honestly, out. about 27 minutes later, she was like, get out. Get out of the fucking house. You need to get out. And it was like <laughs> eight o'clock at night. I was like, what? It's time to come in. I don't want to go out. Like, I, I kept saying to her, if I go out there, I won't be held responsible <laughs> for what I do to him. I said, I'll go up there and fuck a petrol bomb for that. 
Oh my god. Yeah. Anyway. Well, you're still here. Happy Christmas. <laughs> it didn't die tennis. It's okay. <laughs> Did you never get like really badly injured as kids? The only thing that ever happened to me, I've only ever had two things happen to me. One of them was when I stood on the nail that wasn't even that bad. And I went up through my foot and I was fucking shit. Because my ma got a bucket. She didn't even speak to me. She didn't say anything. She just put me on the couch, got a bucket of TCP fucking TCP yeah. and just shoved my foot into it yeah. and I screamed the house down and even I'm sure it wasn't even that painful but the smell of it alone I was like yeah. it's gonna kill me no TCP is really painful and then I remember that tetanus and it just hurt yeah. so much because I've had injections before so I was like it'll be fine oh my fucking god I was like, shut up, stop crying. Stop it has crying. to go, where did you get it? Uh, I think it was my arse. Yeah, so like usually it's in your hip or your arse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it has to it touch the bone. But I could feel it fucking yeah, touching the bone. it's very deep and it's very painful. And, then it, and it only lasts for like three years. Yeah, and then you have to get another one if you do to get, if you do something within that, yeah. like after that time frame. I got bit by a dog, I had to go. <laughs> uh, scra- scraped by a cat in the corner of my eyeball. Oof. And... Uh, when I it was so deep that like I had to have like a stitch here Colin one of Colin's friends that happened to their cat scraped, scraped her eyeball but it, he took her cornea out and she's blind you're right, right? But. Yeah. is the cat still alive the cat's still alive <laughs> what <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and then the other thing that happened to me is my mum cut the top of my hand finger off in a door but that was like <gasps> yeah that was horrible but I that was a uh, I told her, it was my own fault. She was playing hide and seek with us and we lived in Mullingar at the time and then we had those massive heavy doors with like the chains in yeah, between yeah 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 so when they closed, they banged like that. Yeah. But we were playing hide and seek in the dark with my mum. The light was on and then I turned the light off and put my hand, because I'm a fucking idiot, in the door and oh! she slammed the door. <laughs> and I didn't make a single noise. No, I just stood there and then she turned on the light and there was blood like going down the door. And she was like, oh. <laughs> And the top of it, like they couldn't, she couldn't find the top of it. So she was ran, rushed me to the hospital, and then my dad came with the top of my finger, and the doctor was like, "It's too late." So top of my fingers off. I never noticed that you're missing yeah, the top of your the top finger. Of that finger is gone. So the nail grows really weird. But yeah, top of my finger. That was the only, the only things that ever happened to me, and both of them were my fault. So like, I can't just blame anyone. Mine were always my own fault. But she, my mum was always like, "Don't be telling people that story about the door." I'm like, no one thinks you fucking close the door on my finger by on purpose, Galling. Yeah, <laughs> you do get this guilt. I remember Graham let Lily fall off the Chester drawers, and as she was falling. <clears throat> He realised she was falling. So he grabbed her by the legs and she swung and hit her face off the wall of the drawers. And like, I know it's not his fault, but I immediately grabbed her and slapped him. (laughs) I immediately was like, give me my baby. I was like, you fucking idiot. And he was like, um, but that's gonna happen. The kids are fucking. I remember remember my nephew Leon. I remember being in the playground with my nephew Leon and he was, uh, being a little bollocks he was a little bollocks but anyway he's running up a slide and I was going no 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 Leon there was a kid coming down the slide yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like no 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 Leon no and as I went no 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 he turned and he lost the slipping and he went head first Oof. and as he was going ahead for his tie grabbed him but he like gave himself Whoa. an immediate like fat lip and he had split his lip and there was blood everywhere it was like a sunny day in a playground oh, in Dublin Sarah. and as I was like walking through the playground he was going like this to me you pushed me <laughs> you pushed me on the side you did this to me and I was Little going fuck shut, shut up the fuck remember I was in your house last week or the week before this is so funny and then he was so, we were talking about choking it's like oh be- I used to, my sister Becky was a disaster when she was a kid she'd choke on fucking everything and we were all scared she was going to die but he <laughs> sat on the couch and she went uh, what if you tried to choke me? And what? I, went, I went to her. What? <laughs> she was like, a while ago, one of you gave me something and I nearly choked. I was sitting over there and I nearly choked. And I was like, who gave it to you? And she was like, I think it was you. <laughs> and I was like, why 
thing. Graham said he remembers, but I have no I memory of this. I don't remember this at all. And she's like, I think it was you, Emma. I was like, what the fuck did I you? And I felt so bad because I was like, was it me? I was like, how does she? I don't remember that at all. Do you remember that? Graham's, Graham, because Graham, Graham said, oh yeah, I remember that. Do you know what I remember? My short term memory is shite, so I don't remember that. I was like, no. She turned to me and she was like, I think it was you. It obviously wasn't that bad if she's like. But just the way she looked at me, I was like, yeah. I didn't try to kill you, Lily. I didn't try to kill you, Lily, but... Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, they're all our horror stories of, like, things that happened to us, kids. I've got loads more. You have a lot. Attention, feminists! Murder Most Irish merchandise available now from teespring.com. Plain, boring old tea's getting you down? Hey, buddy, does your honey scream funny-duddy? Spruce up your wardrobe with brand new and improved MMI apparel exclusively from teespring.com. Don't be a mug? Buy one of ours. Like to steal things? Conceal your identity at the local shop and go with a kooky face mask. Be the swingingest crazy bag lady on the block with our organic totes. Murder Most Irish merchandise at teespring.com for all your murder feminist needs. Teespring.com is a third-party company. All stock manufacturing, purchases and refunds are handled exclusively by them. Any queries should be directed to www.teespring.com. Uh, right, are we doing your story? Let's do my story. Just talking of children, <laughs> this is about uh, the murder of a child. So just, <laughs> if you don't want to listen to this, just skip to the end for Colin's story. Um, it's very, it's sad. It's about the murder of an 11-year-old boy. So just FYI. If that's not something you want to listen to, which is not what a lot of people want to listen to. Um, so this week I'm going to do the story of the murder of Robert Houlihan. And my sources are the Irish Times, uh, momentelon.weebly.com, which is actually a really good website that I just discovered, mcgill.ie, uh, the Irish Independent, and that's it. Oh, Wikipedia. But not as much on Wikipedia because there's only like three lines about this. What's the deal with Wikipedia being so sparse for Irish murder? Well, I think it's just because we don't we don't put that shit up there. Like keep it to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody needs to know what's going on around here. Don't talk about this, right? <laughs> don't mention it. Um, <clears throat> so on January fourth, two thousand and five, Magella Hulan made a phone call to her neighbour Wayne O'Donoghue. When Wayne answered, Magella asked if he'd seen or been in contact with Robert, her eleven-year-old son. Robert had not come home and she was concerned. She knew Robert often went to Wayne's house to play video games or hang out with a 20-year-old. Wayne told her calmly that he had not seen Robert... He sorry, he had seen Robert earlier, but otherwise he had not been in any other contact with Robert. How old is Robert? Robert's 11. How um, old is Wayne? Wayne is 20, which already is a red flag for me, but I mean... This was the first lie in a long list of lies Wayne O'Donoghue would tell, culminating in the murder of Robert Houlihan. So... Robert Houlihan was born in 1994 to his parents, Magella and Mark Houlihan. He had two younger sisters, Harry and Emma, which I think is so cute. Harry and Emma. Um, Magella described Robert as a happy, sporty and energetic child, that he loved horses. And Magella and Mark had bought him a horse that he named Stella. Wow. Yeah, but it, she, she was so cute because she was like, it was just like a cheap horse and he acted like it was like, Shergar. He was so happy. Um, and he also loved nothing better than being outdoors. She said from the moment uh, Robert was born, he brought, quote, immense joy to my husband and I. That he loved all animals and his favourite thing to do was go to the stables and help clean them and look after the horses. She also told of Robert being diagnosed with ADHD and dyslexia and how they sought the best advice and help they could find for Robert. And that he continued to be a happy and content child. So, I'm sorry if I butcher these fucking Cork names. The family lived in Bally Edmund, which was close to Middleton in County Cork. Magella said it was a close-knit area and that she'd never felt afraid for herself 
are her children safely living there. So at 2.30pm on January 4th, Robert Houlihan hopped onto his brand new silver BMX bike he had just gotten for Christmas and went out to meet up with some of his, some of his friends. So at 3.30pm, Magella called Robert's mobile phone and there was no else answer. So weird because, 2000, oh no, I suppose 2005 people would have mobile phones. Yeah, not only 15 years ago, right? Yeah. Kids had a mobile phone, yeah. There was no answer. Magella then proceeded to call Robert seven times in the space of two hours. Magella was becoming increasingly worried. Robert would usually only stay out for an hour or two at a time, and he always answered his phone. So as darkness began to fall at around 6 p.m., Magella became utterly panicked. Robert was terrified of the dark and would never <coughs> stay out into the nighttime. Aww. He was really afraid of the dark. So when Mark, Robert's father, returned from work, Magella told him of her concern and they sent Robert's younger sister, Emma, to the neighbouring households to see if Robert had decided to stay there and had just lost track of time. Magella said, quote, After ringing for a few more hours, I sent my daughter Emma down to the neighbours to see if Rob was there. This is how much confidence, confidence I had in the safety of our rural area. I felt safe in sending my eight-year-old daughter next door to collect her brother. <clears throat> Emma returned to tell her parents that none of the neighbours had seen Robert. So where does Wayne live? Wayne lives just up the road from them. So they're neighbours. Like, so they're in like an estate in Bally Edmund and Middleton so like there's tons of neighbours around it's like it's rural but it's still got neighbours do you know what I mean is it an estate or is it like it's an estate <clears throat> it's like you know the estates you know the little housing estates yeah. in, my, in my village like yeah. that that's what it looks like because I googled it so it's that kind of thing but it's still really rural like legal would be um so Magella then decided to ring around to everyone she knew in the area including all of Robert's friends to check if they'd seen him she then placed that call to the O'Donoghue's <clears throat> 20-year-old Wayne, one of Robert's friends, answered the phone. As I mentioned above, Wayne told Magella he had seen Robert at about 2.30pm, but had not seen or heard from him since that time. Wayne then told Magella he would contact her if Robert turned up at his house, and Magella called the conversation normal, that they, like, Wayne was completely normal. So the Hoolahans, oh, sorry, the Hoolahans decided to check all the areas Robert would sometimes frequent. They drove to the stables, the GAA pitch and McDonald's, but he was nowhere to be found. Magella and Mark were completely beside themselves and at this point decided to contact the guardie. So the Hoolahan's neighbours obviously had received all these phone calls, like panic phone calls from Magella, so they began to search for Robert. The guardie then, then arrived and began conducting door-to-door interviews. Magella, oh, actually, sorry, just to mention, I got stuff from Mens Rea as well. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. So the Hoolahan's neighbours began to search. Uh, the guardie were doing door-to-door interviews and Magella continued to leave frantic voicemails on Robert's phone, begging him to call her back. So at half eight that night, Magella said that Wayne O'Donoghue, his two brothers and his fathers called the Hoolahan's house. Magella said, quote, Wayne O'Donoghue sought to reassure me not to worry that Rob will be found and he will be all right. Oh, so at nine o'clock, <clears throat> half an hour after that, the guardie received a call from a local man. He was on his drive on his drive home. He saw a bike laying against a ditch in Bally, the Bally Edmund area. The local man, whose name's Tom, Tom Kilhane, I think, and his son, had a son with him. And his son informed Tom that the bike looked brand new. They decided to pick up the bike and began trying to find out who it belonged to. Tom then heard word about missing 11-year-old Robert Houlihan. Uh... And as the bike looked like it belonged to a child, Tom immediately contacted the guardie. He was like, I found this bike. When Mangella was informed a bike had been found, um, the search for Robert became more intense. Mangella said that she asked Robert's friend Wayne to identify the bike she didn't want to go down. Wayne went to see the bike and upon returning told Magella that it was in fact Robert's VMX. Magella said that Robert loved his new bike and would never leave it behind and something was very wrong and Robert was most definitely missing. So, Robert's family and friends continued the search. As night fell, the search was stopped to be resumed the next morning on January. Um, 
So two days after Robert's disappearance, more than 2,000 people joined the search as the media had begun reporting on the missing Robert. So it had been quiet and just in the area and then the media got wind that there was an 11-year-old boy and like two to 3,000 people turned up trying to find him. Uh, ponds and rivers were Is that searched. a good thing or a bad thing? It's a good thing and a bad thing, I think, in the sense that they were trying, but like the other side of that is they trample over trampling evidence. over evidence. Yeah. So ponds and rivers were searched along with hours of CCTV footage, yet there was no sign of Robert. It seemed he had just vanished. Magella spoke of how the days and nights following Robert's disappearance were, quote, a living hell for us all. That she and her husband had tried to keep their composure in front of their other two children, Harry and Emma, but would find themselves regularly breaking down in tears. Like they had to explain to their kids. Rob and how old are the kids? Like eight and six. Jesus. Babies, like. Magella said initially that she believed that Robert had had an accident, that he was hurt somewhere, kind of couldn't get back to them. But by January 8th, Magella began to think the worst. So, so Magella began to speak of the kindness of Wayne O'Donoghue, how he called Robert's mobile phone as she stood beside him in the hopes that he might answer the phone to his friend. She remembered seeing Wayne walk past her home uh, on one of the days following Robert's, Robert's disappearance and asked him to come into the house. He told her no, that his boots were dirty. Magella told him he was doing too much, that he'd been searching for days, it seemed, without a break and he needed to take a break. She told Wayne that she knew Rob loved him and how utterly devastating this all was. She said, quote, Wayne just nodded his head. He then walked back down the lane to continue searching. So a week after Robert's disappearance, the Guardi decided to do a reenactment in the hopes that it would jog someone's memory. Guardi love a reenactment. They do. Love a reenactment. Down on the ground, a sponge. Yeah, they love reenactment. So in January 12th, the day the Guardi were to give a press conference on Robert's disappearance, because they were being very stum about the whole thing. They were like, we're not giving away too much information about this because we're kind of afraid it might fuck up the case. So we're just kind of drip feeding the media information about it. So on the day they were actually going to do a proper pref- press conference on the whole thing, the Guardi received word of a body having been found at Inch Strand. Oh. So Robert's family's worst fears had been realised. The body of 11-year-old Robert Houlihan was found amongst the undergrowth in a ditch at Inch Strand in Ballantal East. Where's that in relation to middle them? Middle of fucking nowhere. Like, well, from them, it's about a half an hour, half an hour drive from where their house is like. So state pathologist, Dr. Mary Cassidy, was called to the scene to examine the body and then bring the body to be autopsied. <laughs> Mary, we love you. We love you, Mary. So in the meantime, the Guardi spoke to the press and told them they were investigating over 30 known members of the local public. This is in a tiny area that were on the sex offenders list. Sorry. 30 men were on the sex offenders list in that area. Isn't that fucking crazy? I've worked in Middleton. And then the people were all like, uh, what? It's tiny. Yeah, 30 men they were investigating. They were also following a line of inquiry that a van with a foreign reg was seen around the area. That maybe the person driving the van had murdered Robert and then fled the country. People love a foreign van. They love a foreign reg when someone My goes around. My mom on Facebook. Foreign reg. Uh, Yellow reg. Man in a van. Man in a van alert. Man in a van. In like Ohio in America. Like, um, like ma. That was in fucking Tanzania in 2011. So Dr. Mary Cassidy carried out her examination and stated that Robert had not been sexually assaulted and that the cause of death was asphyxiation from possibly being, quote, placed in a headlock as no ligature was used. So they didn't find anything wrapped around his neck. Robert's body had been wrapped in two black refuse sacks and Gardy were able to pull a print from this. So Robert's body had been left out in the elements. This is horrific. Just this is horrific. For over a week, and due to this, an animal activity, he had to be identified using his dental records. What? Yeah, that's how bad it was. He was left out, basically, it was January, like this weather. So he was left in a ditch for seven days, and because of the weather and because of animals, they couldn't identify him. 
Magella spoke of the horror of learning her little boy had been found in a ditch in the wilderness. She said that his body was so badly damaged that they could not, quote, see him, could not hug him or hold oh him my or God. say goodbye. Like, just, like... I can't, I can't wrap my... I was reading this entire thing and I was like, I don't understand this. I don't understand how... How, how do you not get to say goodbye? How do you nothing. not get to, like... Nothing. Just, like... The guardy were like, we can't let you because it's so bad. Magellan stated that Robert's body was not to return the, to them until the Friday of that week uh, of when he was found. And when the hearse arrived at their home, Robert's white coffin was sealed. And she said, all we got was a lock of Robert's hair. So Robert's mother mentioned, mentioned on the day that Robert's body was brought back to his home to repose, Magella looked out the window and saw Wayne O'Donoghue walking his dog down the lane. She knocked on the window to get his attention. She decided that she wanted to ask Wayne to read a prayer of the faithful at Robert's funeral. This poor woman. Horrific. He's Robert's good friend, a person who played football in their garden and who would bring Robert to McDonald's for ice cream. Someone who Robert looked up to and adored. Magella knocked once more. Wayne O'Donoghue put his head down and continued to walk. So Robert's funeral took place on January 15th in the Holy Rosary Church in Middleton. It was a Saturday and thousands of people turned out to pay their respects. Pictures are fucking crazy. It's like 5,000 people at. It's nuts. The entire town shut down. Politicians attended along with sporting figures and Robert's schoolmates, friends and families. The captain of the Cork hurling team and Robert's idol Sean O'Gohalpin was also in attendance despite the Cork team being on tour in New Zealand. He flew back from New Zealand to, do, wow. to Cork to be there Sean Oak said the prayer of the faithful that Magella was going to ask <clears throat> Wayne to do <clears throat> so she got Sean Oak to do it instead um, so the Bishop of Cloyne Dr John McGee appealed directly to the murderer to come forward to the Gardaí quote may the one who has been responsible for this heinous crime against an innocent child come forward and face up to the responsibilities incurred and he can then repay his debt to society that is owed and seek the mercy and forgiveness of an all merciful God Perhaps the most upsetting yet reassuring thing for Robert's family was during the funeral, Father O'Donovan, who was like doing the funeral, read a message from a guard charged with preserving the scene when Robert was found. This is fucking horrific. I cried my eyes out when I heard this. Directly from the Irish Times article that was called Friendship, Death and Families Left to Pick Up the Pieces. Father O'Donovan recalled, he said... This is what the guard had told Father, Father O'Donovan. I was one of the two guardy who kept watch with Robert over Robert last night. I would like the parents to know that Robert wasn't alone last night. Oh I spoke to him all the time. I just wish I had a blanket to wrap around him. The stark silence was broke, broken by a wave of rustling sweeping through the church as adults and children alike wept at the sheer poignancy of the thought. Robert, the boy who was afraid of the dark, wasn't alone that last night uh, that he lay in a cold, damp ditch. So that was really kind of the Garda to like contact the priest and be like, I want to read this. That's devastating. Yeah, it's horrible. Why do we never have tissue? I don't know, it's horrible. <laughs> God love them. Like, I know it's 2005, it's 15 years ago. But I that's can't. like, it's whenever horrific. anybody dies, and mm-hmm. this is like, that thing of like, because I remember when my Uncle Cormac died and we had to leave him in the church overnight. Oh, and you're like, they're by themselves. By themselves. And regardless of them being gone they're still there You that's yeah. the person that you knew and that he's you loved he's a little boy he, yeah and like not only that I was only thinking when I was doing this is like 16 years ago yesterday like he's a little boy yeah he would have been like a grown up now maybe been and had a job or like you know what I mean that's just horrific those and poor that oh awful and the fact that he thought I want them to know that I haven't left him. I didn't leave him He's he was with me and I looked after him you know God loved him so it seemed the entire town of Middleton was utterly devastated by Robert's death and the outpouring of love and support extended towards the Houlihan family was immense. So Wayne O'Donoghue was also in attendance at Robert's funeral, he went. 
So on January 16th, the day after Robert's funeral, the Gardaí received a phone call. It was a family member of the Houlihan's neighbours, the O'Donoghue's. They asked that the Gardaí come to their house as someone wished to talk to them about Robert Houlihan's murder. So the Gardaí arrived as quickly as possible and upon arrival, the Gardaí spoke to Wayne O'Donoghue and at 9pm that night, 20-year-old Wayne was brought to Middleton Garda Station and held under Section 4 of the Criminal Justice Act. So Section 4 applies to any offence for which an adult who hasn't been previously convicted may be punished by imprisonment for a term of five years or more. Huh? So basically it means... If you haven't had a previous conviction, if you're saying that you did something wrong, you can receive up to five years. It's just how they hold most people. I didn't realise that they hold most people under the Section 4, Section 4 Act. I didn't, I didn't know. So if you've so. no, like if I... Yeah, if you did something and you've no And I go to the police and say, I did this. They hold you under this. And they hold me under this because they can hold me up to five years and investigate Investigate it, it basically, is what they do. I didn't, I wasn't aware. I, I looked it up in Citizens Information. So the following day, Wayne O'Donoghue was in the courthouse in Middleton. He was charged with the murder of 11-year-old Robert Hulan. O'Donoghue was placed in a Midlands prison as the prisoners in Cork prisons were aware of Robert's murder and were outraged. Wayne was not placed in a Cork prison for his own safety. They would have fucking killed him. Yeah. 100%. So, uh, when a Garda superintendent visited the Hulans with the news of Wayne's arrest, both Mark and Magella were in complete shock. Mark said, quote, I asked him who he was. He said, Wayne O'Donoghue, and I couldn't believe it. Wayne was Robert's friend, and Magella and Mark had watched Wayne search for Robert. The shock was overwhelming. Wayne O'Donoghue remained in prison until November 29th, when his trial began in a sitting of the Central Criminal Court court in County So, court. January to 20, till November. No, November. So, like, what's that? <clears throat> 10 months? Yeah. Mr. Justice Paul Carney resided. O'Donoghue stated that he was not guilty of murder, but of manslaughter. Ireland loves a bit of manslaughter, I've noticed. Well, it's so... Murder is like you plan it. Yeah, this is like he said it was an accident. He didn't mean to do it, basically. And then... But Irish criminals... The amount of people that have gotten away with shit in this country well, we because have a they very set term of law. So it's like... It's bullshit is Even it is. if you're... So there's that whole law as well where it's like you can get manslaughter if you... We're in the process of killing someone and didn't realise that you were going to kill them. Remember that guy who pushed... Remember that guy who pushed his wife down the stairs? Yeah, this is what... That's basically what this is like. It's like, I was going to and then I was like, oh, fuck. And then they died anyway. It was too far. Yeah. I've gone too far. Gone too far. It's like when you... If you like... You know the way people... There's a guy in Longford a while ago who got convicted of manslaughter because he punched someone. Yeah. And kill them. But yeah. didn't know they were going to die when he put... Like, his intent was not... It was it's just knock him out. But Irish criminals love a bit of manslaughter. Yeah. Love a bit of manslaughter. So Shane Murphy, counsel for the state, however, uh, wholeheartedly disagreed with Wayne and stated that he would prove O'Donoghue did in fact murder Robert, that the two got into an argument and Wayne strangled the 11-year-old to death, dumped his body and then t- attempted to avoid detection by helping out with the search for Robert. So that is what he did. So on the second day of the trial, Majala Houlihan took the sound. Wayne O'Donoghue sat with his head down, a mop of brown hair covering his face the entire time Majala spoke. Majala spoke about her son, Robert, how he was a kind, sweet, sympathetic child. She also spoke about Robert's ADHD and how he was in a mild dose of Ritalin. She told the court of the lies Wayne told her when, he, when she asked him if, she'd, if he had seen Wayne. Mark Houlihan also took the stand and told of how Wayne and his brother told Mark that they would help in the search. That uh, They both spoke of Robert's bursts of energy and how he was quite demanding because he had ADHD. Majella told the jury, quote, Robert adored Wayne. He looked up to him as if he was an older brother. We never had any problems with the O'Donoghue family. A number of, the, number of people who had been in contact with Wayne over the phone the day of Robert's disappearance also took the stand. One person spoke of how Wayne had called him to let him know that Robert was missing and he seemed genuinely concerned. 
the jury were informed of Wayne's insistence in taking part in the search. How he told the other searchers to work harder, that they were wasting time and that they needed to find Robert. So this is from the Men's Right episode about Robert's murders. Fellow searchers who took the stand gave evidence that Wayne was very concerned with the maps used in the search and where the group would be going next. Oh. There was a stark juxtaposition of people who didn't know Wayne saying he was acting strangely and people who did know him saying his behaviour throughout this period was totally normal. So people who didn't know him were like, what the fuck is up with this dude? Why is he acting like this? And the people who didn't know him were like, no, it's normal. He's totally acting normal. That's how he normally That's acts. That's totally how he acts. Uh, the guardie who took Wayne's statement told the court how they had been called to the O'Donoghue residence the day after Robert Hunahan's funeral. That they sat with Wayne and he told them that the bishop's words at the funeral had finally made the guilt too much. Now, bear in mind, I found this in another article, one newspaper that morning, so the morning after Robert's funeral, had stated that the guardie had found a print on the black bag that Robert was placed in. So he's telling the guards, oh yeah, the bishop's words were too much. But he had read the newspaper that morning saying they found a print. Yeah. So I don't know. The guardian advised that Wayne made a statement for seven hours. Can I ask a question yeah. about the law and fingerprints? So in the Republic of Ireland, if if they find a fingerprint, if it's not in the system, mm-hmm. can they ask the people oh, yeah. in the town? If they, they can go around and be like, we want people, like they can ask. I don't know if you legally have to. But then if you're if you're like, no. And if you're no, they're going to be like, why are you saying no? Yeah. But then you always see that those things of like uh, when they're trying to get DNA samples in America and they do that thing where they follow someone for yeah. ages and watch them drink That's out how of they the, got the um, drink out of a coke can. The what's his name? The what's his name? Was it BTK? They got that way. BTK. They got that way. No, BTK. They didn't get that way. Do you know how they got BTK? Sorry, this is completely off topic. Because <laughs> how they got BTK is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. What was it? Oh, it was the it was the fucking um, floppy, the floppy disc. disc. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which he sent to them yeah. when they asked him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he didn't know enough about computers. <laughs> um, they got. I remember they got someone with the. When they followed him around and he. A it's a guy that just got arrested for like fucking the West Valia, the West. Oh, uh, the East Area Rapist. The East Area Rapist. They followed him and took his. He was in a restaurant and they took. And he used thing. a napkin. Yeah, and they took his DNA. I know they do. I love watching yeah. and they do that. That's how they're going to get me. You'll never take me alive. <laughs> so they were like said that they got a fingerprint. He said the bishop. He was like the bishop he gave made a statement me feel really for bad seven, for seven hours. hours and didn't take a break in that seven hours. So he like went to his dad and was like, "Dad, I'm after doing this." And his dad was like, "What the fuck?" And uh, called. He just regurgitated. Called their solicitor obviously first, and then they spoke to the solicitor about what they were going to say, and then he sat for seven hours with the guards and gave a statement. Uh. So, in a previous interview with the guardie, so when Wayne went missing, or sorry, when Robert went missing, the guards would like just interview, interview everybody. everybody. Yeah, Wayne had told them how he would regularly hear screaming coming from the Hula in the house, and that Magella was unable to handle Robert. And this is something Magella vehemently denied in her time on the stand. He then said that Robert had called Magella a bitch and a slut on various occasions to him, which is fucking weird. It's twenty-year-old Wayne's statement to the guardie on the sixteenth of January, so you can read the full transcript of that statement on McGill.ie outlined what he said happened to Robert. Wayne said at 2.30pm he heard a knock on the front door and opened it. Robert Hulham was standing outside. Wayne described Robert as a good friend in the statement that they regularly played PlayStation and football. Magella also told her how Wayne would bring Robert and Robert's 13-year-old best friend for drives in his car. Uh, so Robert then asked Wayne if he would drive into McDonald's for a chocolate milkshake. Wayne told Robert no, that he'd been in town that day earlier and the traffic was insane. So he, they, he said they bantered back and forth and Robert left. Wayne then said at approximately 3pm Robert returned to Wayne's house. This time Wayne let him in and Robert quote was rooting around the fridge and drawers where we might have Coca-Cola. He said this would not be uncommon for Robert and it wasn't improper. 
Robert asked again if Wayne would bring him to McDonald's and Wayne reiterated that the traffic was too heavy and he had college work to do. Wayne was a student in Cork uh, Institute of Technology. So Robert left the house and Wayne followed him to the door. Robert picked up his bike and then threw pebbles at Wayne's car. Wayne said, quote, Robert, will you ever grow up? Wayne then said he walked over to Robert, gave him a little nudge and then told him to fuck off. Wayne turned around to walk back inside, but he felt pebbles hit the back of his head. Wayne then told the guardie that he, quote, walked over to him and I put my right arm around his neck. I jerked him away from the bike towards the rear, rear right hand side of the car. I released the grip with my right hand and as I was still holding him with my left hand by the scruff of the neck. Nothing was said between us at this stage. I then moved my left hand up to his Adam's apple. He was against the rear right hand side of the car. I said, will you stop at the fucking stones? I can't describe how tight I held him. I don't know how long I had him held, but it seemed very short. I did not intend to cause him any harm or any injury. When I removed my left hands from his throat, he just fell to the ground. I did not realise at that time he had been hurt. I called his name, Rob, Rob, and he just slumped down on my feet. So just a side note, the tape of Wayne's confession was played in a court. So this confession was videotaped. And according to the Irish Times, few watching the tape could have failed to notice the casual manner in which he sorry, described killing Robert, standing up to show exactly how he had caught the boy and swung him around before grabbing him by the throat. He could have easily been describing scoring a goal in a football match. He was so relaxed. There was never any intent to harm Robert. He stressed repeatedly. Wayne called Robert's name a number of times and said there was no response. He picked up Robert's body and brought him into the bathroom. He then, he said he recalled one of Robert's runners, like his sneakers for Americans, falling off as they entered the bathroom. So one of his shoes fell off. <sighs> Wayne said he laid Robert on the floor on a towel and as he had no training in resuscitation techniques that he could not administer CPR. He listened for Robert's breath, but there was none. Wayne said that he was in a state of panic and did not know what to do. He also began to panic as he knew his parents would be home shortly. He returned to the bathroom a few times in the hopes that Robert would have woken up, but this did not happen. It was then that Wayne realised Robert was dead. He said that when this realisation hit, he searched for a knife in the kitchen in order to complete suicide. Instead of this, he decided he would have to move the body. He went to his room and found black bags. Wayne told the guardie that he pulled one of the bags over Robert's legs and one over his head. He then picked up Robert's runner that had fallen off and placed it into the bag along with Robert's body. At 4pm, Wayne placed Robert's body, which according to Wayne was very light and easy to carry, into his gold Fiat Punto. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Once Robert was placed in the boot, Wayne put Robert's BMX bike in the back seat. Wayne then drove towards Middleton. He passed a golf course and in a ditch close to the course, he stopped the car, removed the bike and propped it up against the ditch, which I find so strange. I just find that so odd. Why? Like, I don't know why he did that. Like, I do kind of know why he did that, but... Because he was obviously trying to distract. He was putting the bike there and then moving the body somewhere else. And they'd be like, oh, they'll find the bike and they'll give him time or whatever. Wayne said as he was driving around, he was in a complete daze, utterly shocked. He said he drove back towards Middleton, still not knowing what to do. He said he drove towards the beach with the intention of leaving Robert's body on the beach as he believed someone would easily find the body there. However, as he drove closer to the beach, he noticed a car park there and decided to keep driving. He then drove towards a hill stop the car he said quote i just wanted to remove the body from the boot i walked to my right and i threw robert's body into the ditch oh my god before i did that i had already thrown the runner into the ditch he's like i did this very quickly i was in a state of panic wayne said he drove home and reached his house at 5 15 p.m he composed himself in his car went inside and spoke to his brother timmy 
He said he was trying his best to stay calm and normal and in order to do so, he drove, drove to his girlfriend Rebecca's house. He said whilst there, he began to think how disrespectful where he had dumped Robert's body was. He made up his mind to go back to Robert's body and place it somewhere less hidden so they could find it. So this is directly from Wayne's statement. You can read the entire thing on mcgill.ie. I said to myself that I had to go back down and remove the body from where I had left it and place it on the beach and get rid of the plastic bags so that the body could be found. I had also decided that when I had carried out this, I was going to go home and when everyone was gone to bed, I was going to hang myself from a tree in the corner of the garden. I was going to remove the bags and burn them. I was telling myself that this was the way it had to be. I went down to the shed out the back and poured a drop of petrol into a small Coke bottle. I checked the dog shed then to see if there was a wire for the purpose of using it on myself. What's there was a wire for? there. Oh, for the for burning the plastic bags. Because it'd be easier to find the bag as just opposed to taking them off the body. When the guardy who were investigating Wayne suggested that Wayne brought the petrol not to burn the plastic bags, but to burn Robert's body, Wayne denied this. Quote, that's your opinion and you're entitled to it. I'm saying I didn't, he said, adding that he had poured a dabble of petrol in the plastic bag because he assumed Robert's body had fallen out of it into the glen and he lit the bag so it would burn away to clear his view. So the guardy also asked Wayne why he didn't call 999 when he realised what happened to Robert. And once again, Wayne stated that he was in complete shock and thought he could just move Robert's body so it could be found and then he complete suicide so he's like I'll just move the body they can find Robert's body then I'm gonna go home and kill myself Wayne said he tried to move Robert's body but it was too difficult to get and after 40 minutes of trying he let lit the bags on fire but they only burned for a few seconds so he said he lit the bags just to kind of get rid of the bags because they only burned for a few seconds and they went out so he's like it's not working so yeah so he, they asked him why he didn't call 911 he said he was in shock blah 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 um so Wayne said he tried to move Robert's body, but it was too difficult to get. They said that after three minutes. Okay. So he realised he couldn't get it and left. Wayne said when he returned from trying to move the body, he realised they would have to try and act normally, like nothing had happened. He said that every day following, he felt awful and there was a hole inside of him getting bigger and bigger. Quote, every day it seemed harder and harder. I didn't tell anybody what had happened until I told my father. There was never any intent to harm Robert. What happened was a fluke of an ex accident. I'm sorry I didn't come forward earlier. So Magella and Mark Hulan sobbed as the video of Wayne's confession was played in the court. Wayne's girlfriend, Rebecca, spoke to the court about Wayne's behaviour following Robert's disappearance. She said Wayne told her he felt responsible for what happened to Robert, that if you just brought Robert for a milkshake, none of this would have happened. She, and Wayne, she said Wayne became very quiet and withdrawn and not his usual self. She said that Wayne admitted to her what he had done and she was in complete shock as Wayne truly thought the world of Robert and Wayne hurting anybody was completely out of character. And she still loved him. Like he choked, he choked an 11 year old. Yeah. So. How long does it take to choke somebody? So I Google this, right? So if you're strangling someone, it can take anywhere from like three to 15 minutes to kill them. But he had the kid in a chokehold. And you know, in America, uh, the police were told to stop doing those chokeholds because they were accidentally killing too many people. So it can take like 15 seconds and you can kill someone. Yeah. How? Whatever the pressure is with the chokehold, it's much more dangerous than like physically physically doing this so yeah so state pathologist mary cassidy agreed with how wayne described how robert had died so she was like yeah that is how he died however she did mention that there were injuries not explained by o'donoghue such as an injury to robert's mouth which she said looked like he'd been slapped across the face she said it looked like someone had just like slapped him or grabbed his mouth to stop him making noise um Da, 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 and bruising on his buttocks and back which would not be consistent with how Wayne said Robert slumped when he fell out of Wayne's arms 
Dr. Cassidy once again stated that this was not a sexually based crime. However, there were no investigations done to check if previous sexual harm had been done to Robert and no questioning about any sexual behaviour whatsoever in the case. So that wasn't touched upon. Wayne's solicitor tried to argue that Robert's death could be due to a weak nerve in his neck. Sorry, <laughs> Robert's death is down to the fact that a 20-year-old choked him. Choked him. A rugby player. Yeah, like, that's what Robert's death is, not yeah. because he had a weak nerve this, in his neck. I don't know how these solicitors sleep, and I really don't. And the very little pressure could have caused him to suffocate. Dr. Cassidy disagreed completely and said that a lot of pressure was used to kill Robert. Yeah, and Dr. Cassidy is a fucking She's expert. She's a fucking state pathologist, you prick. Uh, okay, so... Detective Garda. That's shocking that a solicitor was allowed yeah. to enter that as like he was a like, potential. Oh, he just had this weak venal nerve or venal nerve, it's called. And he was like, a lot of people have it, and you know, if you put pressure on it, they can just die. And she was like, no, this child was like held and choked. A lot of pressure was used. I am a fucking doctor. Yeah, you're a solicitor. So Detective Garda Thomas Carey told the court court of how he had found Robert's body, that although Wayne had stated he only burned the black bags and they'd only burned for 10 to 15 seconds, they found charred twigs under Robert's buttocks some 10 feet from the burnt plastic, while there were burn marks on the hem of his t-shirt and the waist of his pants. So it had... He tried to set fire. So then they brought in this telecommunications expert because how they found Robert's body is Robert had a mobile phone. Oh, they triangulated it? Yeah, so his phone was bouncing off two masts which is unusual but the reason was because it's a really rural area so you need more mast power so it was bouncing off two masts and the telecommunications experts were like his body is somewhere in between these two masts and that's how they found him which is crazy that is crazy so telecommunications expert Ivor O'Flynn spoke to the court and told them that he tracked it on his route this is where Wayne said he went and he said he did not go go directly to Inch as he told the guardie but instead had gone on alternative routes so he lied about that as well but he was like I was really panicked and I didn't know what it was doing so during closing arguments the defence stated that Wayne had murdered Robert and then tried to cover up what he had done that he only came forward to try and get a lenient sentence once he knew the fingerprints had been found Wayne's solicitors once again argued that this was a total accident and that Wayne uh, Wayne O'Donoghue sorry was not a murderer that day the jury returned and found Wayne O'Donoghue was uh, not guilty of murder but guilty of manslaughter of course they did Robert's parents <clears throat> cried quietly and left the courtroom. So, as Wayne O'Donoghue had previously pleaded guilty to manslaughter, he was remanded in custody. He'd already pleaded guilty to that. So on Tuesday the 24th, Wayne O'Donoghue's sentencing, sentencing started. Majella Hoolan is her fuckster. So on this day, Majella Hoolan was allowed to read her victim impact statement. Majella described her, uh, described their love for their son. She spoke of the hurt they felt because they had trusted Wayne and if he had just told them what happened to Robert, when it happened, they would not, not have had to spend days searching for him. Yeah. She was like, why, you just should have told us because we spent days thinking he's alive. You should have rang an ambulance. Just, you should have just, why didn't you just tell us? That was her frustration. So Majella's impact statement was read by and approved by her, approved by her solicitor and the other people's solicitors. But on the last page of Majella's statement, she became really angry and began to make a statement not on her original. Yes, she did. So she goddamn went, right, Michelle. She went off book. This is what she said. Our doctors have told us to try and get on with our lives, but how can we, knowing there was semen found in our son's body? Would you kill someone for throwing stones at your car? The forensics couldn't find the stone marks on the car. If it was an accident, why didn't he call me or a doctor or his parents? 
Why were there no fingerprints found on Rob's phone, even Rob's own fingerprints, who wiped it clean and deleted images from it? <gasps> Wayne contacted him at 6am in the morning. Why did a 20-year-old contact an 11-year-old at that hour of the morning? Why was What was Robert doing at Wayne's bedroom at 7.30am when he was supposed to be asleep over at his other friend's house? Why did my little boy ring 999 later that morning as the phone shows he did? Why were Rob's two runners off when he was supposed to cycle away that day? Whatever happens here today, even if we move house or leave the country, there is no place to go, no place to hide from this nightmare. It is there every minute of every hour of every day. So Magella left the stand and Wayne's solicitor was incensed as they'd been not, to- not been told of this part of the statement that Wayne's name had been blackened. Oh, because killing an 11-year-old doesn't blacken you already. For fuck's sake. He also told the court that Wayne would not be reading his own statement after what happened. So he was like, we're not letting Wayne read it after this. Why? Well, I'll explain most of it to you. So Justice Carney told the court that they would disregard Magella's words and that Wayne would be sentenced based on evidence given originally to the court. Justice Carney sentenced to Donahue to four years in prison. Sorry, what? Wayne's solicitors told the press that there was no truth in Magella's words and that Wayne said that there was no impropriety between himself and Robert. However, Ireland had made up its mind because it was already in the press. The second she read that statement, the media were like, whoa, they're all running out of the courtroom um, and believed that Wayne's sentence was not long enough. So like they were doing like, uh, I don't remember this obviously too young, but they were doing like, um, what's his name? Pat Kenny yeah. had like a live line thing where he gave like a poll to see do people believe that Wayne... I don't know who had done this and was like sexually inappropriate Robert or he wasn't and all the Irish people were like yeah he definitely did it and he was sexually inappropriate so everyone was like Wayne's solicitors were flipping so from McGill.ie so this is about the semen okay the semen discovered on the body of Robert Houlihan uh, after his body on on the body of Robert Dillon was found in his hand was not that of the killer Wayne O'Donoghue according to O'Donoghue's solicitor Frank Bushimer the issue of the semen has become central to public discussion of the Robert Houlihan murder manslaughter trial following the claim by Robert Houlihan's mother, Magella, that semen was found on her son's body. Frank Bonhamer said that the forensic evidence shown that the semen was Wayne O'Donoghue's, it would certainly have been part of the evidence um, given against the client on the murder charge. So basically what they're saying happened. She was told of a semen found on Robert's body. But what they said happened is he, when he brought the body up, he put it on a towel and they were like, there was two sets of semen found. And one of them was probably Robert, uh, Wayne's brother and one was probably Wayne. And they were like, it was just transmitted from touching the towel. That's what they stated happened. That it was just because there was two guys living in a house, obviously masturbating and semen got it. And when Robert put his hand in, it was trace elements were found on his hand. So that's what they're saying happened. So... So... Uh, yeah. So they're saying, that, and also the thing about the mobile phone, about him calling uh, 999 and stuff like that. People were saying, like, he was probably just messing with his mobile phone, like dial 999, hit and send, dial 999, hit and send. But had he done that before? This is no. And then they also said that the pic- they found a picture on his phone of a poster that was in Wayne's bedroom. And they were like, they found it at like seven o'clock in the morning. But when they went back and checked, he had only gotten the phone on the 28th and the picture was taken like seven o'clock in the morning on the 28th. But what had happened is the phone, the time on the phone was set back 24 hours by accident. So it would have actually been like the 29th and it would have been like seven o'clock in the evening. So he was obviously just hanging out with Wayne. But yeah, Wayne O'Donoghue was released from prison in January 2008 after serving three years. So he got out. Sorry. Yeah, he was released in 2008. Three years? Yeah, and then uh, I think, I'm not sure what newspaper did this. I think it might have been the Daily Mail, but I could be wrong. Um, he moved to England and changed his name and started studying in England and the newspaper found him 
and released pictures of him and his new name and where he was studying in college and they sued they sued up they sued the newspaper because they were like you're after like tr- you're trying to ruin his life let him he he paid for his mistake but like the entire time I was reading his statement I was like this is so he sat down with a solicitor and a solicitor was like right what did you do this is how we're going to explain away the fact that you tried to go down and burn that chap's body you tried to burn his body so they wouldn't find it he was like, I just brought down a little bit of petrol and put it on the bag. Here's my other question. I could burn away the bag. What? Why didn't he commit suicide? Yeah, he said, it, Yeah, he said um, I didn't commit suicide. He was like, because when I was driving home, there was tons of cars around and he knew everybody was out searching for Robert and he just got really overwhelmed. And he was like, I can't do this now. I have to just pretend that I don't Why, know Why, he could he have drank bleach in his bedroom. Like, what were you thinking? And he was like, oh, it make like, He said at one point, he was like, I didn't want to commit suicide because um, I felt like a coward and a failure. What? A coward and a failure. You did not tell them. You pretended you to look for search. somebody. I'm sorry, Sarah. You purposely. That is a complete psychopath yeah. behavior. You purpose psychopaths sit insert themselves they, in and the they crime go, and they go back to the scene. Yeah, multiple times sometimes, and that's why I'm like, I'm not saying he's a psychopath, but I'm like, he has all the telltale signs of it. Like, I don't, I don't know why he killed this child. He was like, it was an accident. I didn't mean to choke him out. Why did you put an 11-year-old in a fucking headlock? And then repeat... Sarah, if you're doing that, you're going to feel somebody's... You're going to feel their legs. You're going to feel their arms. You're going to feel like they're trying to get away. He just kept doing it. And then killed... Like, I've often... Graham is, like, terrified of, like, enclosed spaces and he's claustrophobic. Yeah. So if I wrap Graham up in a blanket and, like, sit on top of it, he freaks out. Oh, I get that. Um... But I you, do that to Graham on a regular basis. But you know when someone's But react. I can tell when he's yeah. starting to like really panic. But I'm like, he was... And then I do it more. No. <laughs> 11 years old. And not only that, the thing that I found really fucked up, and here, I know why he did this. He dropped the bike away from the body. Yeah, to like... To, to do the distraction to thing. Give to give him like, time. To give him time. He... So he was like... He was like, I didn't think about it. I was in a daze. I wasn't thinking. I have you were to, thinking long enough to do I that. I have to dump the body. Yeah. I have to get back to my family yeah. house so I have an alibi. So I can like put the bike there dump the body somewhere else yeah and then I'm gonna go back and get petrol and set it on fire so there's so many things that this case to me seemed to be rushed and even when the judge when the jury they said he sent the jury away and the jury came back and the jury were like we haven't decided the judge was like well just I'm gonna ask you to tell me now and you can do like a 10 an 8 to 2 decision like there's Sarah there's mistakes you can make a mistake anybody could you could be driving down the road and a kid coming around in front of your car touch, touch all wood. the wood you can find the car I'm gonna stop the car and get out and call the guards I once killed a little bird on the road oh and it's the worst you, um, it flew under my uh, car and I ran I stopped the car in the middle of the road <laughs> and I rang Graham to be like I've killed a bird and he was like what do you want me to do I can't help you I was like I can't help you I killed a bird like I understand the panic thing where you're like oh my god what the um, like I understand the panic thing but to panic I, and then make all these choices in your panic where you're like bring him upstairs take his shoes take his shoes put his put a black bag over his face and his body put the shoes in the bag put him in the boot put the bike in the back of the car drive around find somewhere to put the bike then drive around and bring him to the beach but I can't bring him to the beach because there's somebody there so I'll go drop him in a ditch and then I'll go get petrol and decide to go back because I felt bad because I felt it was a, dis- a disgusting way to bury the child that I just murdered so I'm going to go back and get petrol and burn the plastic bags which is horseshit first of all what were all the bruises and the damage done to his back and his buttocks what was that why was there marks around his mouth what did you do to him um, and this is another question that you might not be able to answer and I probably have to google but <clears throat> see the way he threw him in the ditch mm-hmm. 
Is there a chance he was still alive and that's why he bruised? I don't know. Because he threw him 44. But Mary Cassidy did say that the bruising was pre-death, if you know what I mean. So they can see if bruising or marks are actually done before the person is dead. So I don't know, maybe I hope he wasn't alive, Sarah. I really hope he wasn't alive. I would have died from something else then. I just really hope he wasn't like, but like she was like, we don't understand what these these marks are not indicative of because they were before, like it was before he died. So I don't know. You know, it sounds like they got into like, it's it sounds like he got into like a full blown like proper fight, proper fight, and then yeah. was like fuck. <clears throat> and which it happens, and he shouldn't have been fighting an eleven year old, but call a fucking ambulance. And he was like, I was panicked. I was in a daze. But you made all these conscious de- decisions of how to cover up your bullshit you know. in a panicked daze. When I'm panicked, I can't function. Like, when I'm panicked, I'm like, I can't do anything. But he was able to drive, go to his girlfriend's house, watch an episode of The Simpsons, then go home and play with his brother on PlayStation, then ring the family and be like, we're going to find Robert, then go searching for Robert and telling people, we got to search, it's getting late, we need to find Robert, and then go to his funeral. Yeah. It's very odd. I just... Good job. And I just hope his... I hope those poor people are okay. I know I say this every time. They're not okay. They're not okay. They couldn't possibly How would you be okay? Like, you just couldn't be. Like, that bit with the guard in particular, I just, like, that one I had to go tissue. But, like, just the idea of, like, your child... Yeah. Your child being in a ditch. Yeah. Like, your child... To the elements. Just left to the elements. Just, like, no care considered for, like, them. No. Like... And the fact that he thought like I thought it was so funny. He was like, "I was gonna burn, throw him on the beach." How is that better, dude? That's not better. You're still dumping a body. In no, because if like your intention is for that kid's body to be found, ring the guards. Ring the guards. And then he was like, "Oh, the bishop's words at the mass." And then the next day, the son is like, "They found a print," and he's like, "Oh fuck." Yeah. Someone's gonna knock on my door. And Someone's gonna knock on my door for my fingerprints. <clears throat> and anyway, I just I hope the family are okay. And I I don't know. They're not. They're not okay. But like, how do you? How do you go on? Like, I don't. But oh, you know what? I need to stop doing child murders. I'm sorry. What I will say. Miguel is a badass bitch. Miguel, I love that. I was like. <laughs> she went off fucking. She went off book and they were, I'd say that Frank Bushmer, he just sounds like a cunt. I'd say he was seething. They were like, we're not letting our client read a statement after that. So they wouldn't let, let uh, Wayne read a statement. It was how does he get up and like on yeah. Sully himself? So he, the, his family were annoyed because they were like, you're, you're calling our son a paedophile and now everybody in Ireland thinks our son is a paedophile. So they were so angry about that. I, well, listen, what's better? Paedophile or a murderer? He's also a child murderer. he's a fucking murderer. Yeah, yeah. And he should be in prison for longer than and fucking like, four years. The thing about it is, as I said, if he had done this and just immediately called the guardie and been like, I am something's after happening I was roughhousing with, and I, I, that is manslaughter that is ma- like but he didn't he methodically tried to cover up what he did it was methodical like who wiped the prints off that kid's phone what was on the phone what was on the why phone why had he no photos on his phone because that's Just, really unusual the whole thing there's so many things like that's what I was reading an article from the Irish Times and they were like there's so many questions unanswered about this and it almost seemed that they just wanted to get him to jail for the manslaughter for three years and then wipe it and move on and I'm like but who I tried to look up if he had any family members in the court the connection but there was absolutely nothing like there was nothing about it at all but yeah he, he did sue newspapers so don't sue us <laughs> We don't have any money. There'd be no episode this week. We don't have any money. You're literally just like an hour of me gone. <laughs> me, 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 me. Um, money, please. I'll stop Good doing. I'll stop job. doing child murders. I don't know what I'm gonna do. 
during next 10th. week. Ah, you'll find something. I don't know how you like. Well, I do know because you have a degree. In no, this. it's not. I a master's. Do you know what it is? I don't have a kid. Your I don't have a kid, so I don't have to sit. I don't. I can sit in Colin's room with a tray that he gave me that I love. Yeah, I love this. Yes, and type away, and I've no child. Go, mammy, 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 She's mammy. Say to me, I hate when you leave to go to podcast. Oh no. I say, shut up, Lily. <laughs> Very fucking dramatic. Sarah, I really wish you hadn't come over on that scooter and I wish you brought your car. Why? Because I don't like the idea of you going home at this hour of the night with a fucking scooter. It's really dark out, Sarah. It's fucking half nine at night. It's still dark. Have a giraffe, will you? Jesus yeah, but it's Christ. still very dark. I'd be grand. I, if Grant, I'll text Graham and be like, is Lily still up? Come over and get me a couch. <laughs> he likes her a bit. <laughs> please, please yeah, God. just text him and ask him, is Lily still awake? Yeah, I'll ring him. He won't answer. He will answer. He will. Time to give us a bit of wisdom at the end of the podcast. Is that meant to fall? No, Sarah, don't. Ah, don't, Sarah, don't do that to him. Hello? Hello? Hey. Yeah. Is Lily awake? Yeah, no, she's not Oh, God damn it. Because this scooter was a bad idea, Graham. Can I have to come home, right? She doesn't want me to school home. No, don't school home. Just walk home with her. It could be icy. I'm, okay, I was ringing to see if Lily was still awake to see if you'd pick me up and not make me scoot home, but um, apparently I'm scooting home. Scooting home. If I die now... No, Sarah. It's all on your fucking head. She's not going to die. Um, on the way back? What? I'm not on the way back. I'm still sitting on Emma's bed. I'm getting ready to go. <laughs> I'm getting ready to go. Go on, bye. 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 Say hello to everybody on the podcast. <laughs> I saw that video. Remember the video told me that that lady is like Alexa. No, play the other song. Yeah. And she's so cute. She's so cute. <laughs> oh, oh. She's adorable. Um, yeah. So there's all the child death. That was a good job. I'm you very did a good sorry job about the child death. It was a good job, and it was ne- a very good next job. time. Though, I would not do it. This next time we're going to do a new podcast. It's called Happy, <laughs> Happy Stories. Things that Happy happened things. this week. Maybe we'll get Colin to do a murderous interaction. Just child murders. I don't know. They're just awful. My last one was a fucking child murder. I need to stop this. Do you know what? But like, it's just like there's some heinous, horrendous things that happen in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but just like, I just don't. And I know, like, it's like a really obviously I don't understand because I don't have. I've never done anything like yeah, that yeah, and I yeah, don't yeah. have the intention of that and I don't have the disposition and all the rest but like I mean when how could you hurt a kid? I just don't get it. Like how? Like, like I don't get me wrong there's been plenty of times I've wanted to like No but Fucking it, it, murder It's different than not only that hurting a kid and then like not trying to help it. No. Not been thinking maybe he's not dead maybe I could maybe I could save him. Yeah. Maybe I can put aside my own fucking you know, fear of being me doing something wrong and save this poor kid. Like he was his friend. It's fucked up. Anyway, I promise no more child deaths in the next episode. I know someone that uh, was in a hit and run. Fuck. Yeah, killed a family in a hit and run. Holy shit! Yeah, and then, like, it was in the accident. Fuck. Absolutely uh, annihilated, drunk. Oh my god. Um. Continued on to where they were going. Showed up, did not like. Didn't act like anything had happened. No, had a great time. Went to what was that? Was going to a party. How do people do that? Um, left, 
drove back to where they're from again still ossified if not even more because had gone to a party um like fucking polluted drunk um and yeah like then like a couple of weeks later the guards came knocking on his door being like we know you did this being like do you know you were in hit, hit and run and he was like no i wasn't he'd like zero he couldn't remember doing it apparently but like i just don't know how no i just like i know when you do something wrong like if you do something minorly wrong sometimes you're like oh fuck there is that state of like panic but to do I don't know if I necessarily have that I'm like I'm being really honest because like I'm one of those people no that, but like, Sarah if you hurt somebody if you hurt a kid Sarah if I was super 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 angry like that time I pulled Richie's earlobe out so far <laughs> Sarah you would not kill a child and then did be I, like... did I stop <laughs> I did stop. No. I've done loads. Of, I remember once I stood on Richie's chest and hit him with the remote control. Sarah. And then it's... <laughs> he didn't tap him. Tap out, you tap little Tap out. We're calling this episode tap out. Um, yeah. Just don't, uh, don't do... Just, like, just stop be nice to everybody. Just stop hurting people. Stop hurting people. Like, if you want to be friends with a kid, be friends with a kid. For, like, all the right reasons. Yeah. Wear a mask. Colin's song this week is about Army Hammer and it's very funny. Yeah, we're not laughing at his victims. That's not what we're doing. Just FYI, we're not laughing at Army Hammer's victims. They're very much credible and those poor girls, God love them and I hope they're okay. People don't seem to care about those women. Yeah, the kinks. People are kind of just being like, oh, it's people are saying that he's being kink shamed. He's not being. I'm not getting into this. Like people are. That's that's literally what people are saying. Here's the thing. And his thing is, he's saying, well, like everybody has their thing. Everybody has their thing. Here's the thing about kink shaming. Kink shaming seems to now have become a way to excuse misogynistic violent behaviour towards women. Wanting to kill, eat and rape women is not a kink, it's misogyny. That's what that is. You saying, I am 100% a cannibal and I want to eat your body is not role play. It's also not he a kink. means it. It's I don't not think a, that's like a kink. It's not a kink. Murdering and killing people is not a kink. It's a fucking crime. Like, like that's like somebody saying paedophilia is a kink. It's not a kink. If you are causing harm and danger to other people without their consent, or if they're not being aware when they are consenting, non-consent non-cons- consent is a fucking thing as well. It's not a kink. Um, <gasps> also, if, shut up the internet. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, if you are into non-consent consent, you have to have a safe word. He was like, he doesn't want, he didn't even want safe words. No, if, if, right. There's people in the BDSM community coming out being like, this is not safe. He's, what he was doing is incredibly dangerous. Yeah. And he was damaging women. And then you have 12 year olds on the internet going, stop king shaming Army Hammer. He kissed a boy in that one movie that I flick my bean to every weekend. Shut the fuck up. Go do your homework, I Mary. love flicking the bean. Go do your homework. Um, Get off I the don't mean I love flicking the bean. I mean, I love the sentence flicking the bean. Like, <laughs> she also loves I do like listening. Everybody loves flicking the bean. <laughs> And if you don't have a bean to flick, what do you have in life? <laughs> and that is the end of this week's podcast. Um, oh, I don't know what we're going to call it this week. There's so many good things. I like the bean flicking bean thing. Flicking. If you don't have a bean to flick, what, what do you, you have, have in life? life? Hold on a second. Or I need to write this down. What was the other one? Oh, I can't remember now. But that one's, I'm going to go with that one. Hold on. I have to write. I have so many notes. You're listening to the magic happening of how we name our podcast. Honestly, what generally happens is I send Emma a text message going, what are you calling the podcast? (laughs) Have a bean to flick in life. What do you have? What do you have? Grant. Grant, happy days. That's our... 
thing for the Flickin thing. The okay, enjoy Colin. Enjoy Colin's song. Flicking the bean. Colin, write this song. Bam, bam. Call us your next song. Flicking the bean. Bam, bam. People not know he was gay. Colin. No, you I didn't know for like four years. No, the lead singer of Judas Priest. What's his name? I don't know. Leather McGee. What's his name? Leather McGee. Leather McGee. Rob Halford. Leather Mikey. Leather Mikey. Mm. So beautiful. Test <laughs> <laughs> up. Leather McGee. Goodbye, everybody. Hey, girls. It's me, Army Hammer. And I'm a big fan of the podcast. And this might seem a bit strange, but I got a proposition for you. I'm feeling horny and slightly insane. Would you mind terribly if I ate your brain? Blood pressure to climb. I'll cook up your ribs and serve them with chips. Could you?